we're all growing a beard A man's face should never be bare We just want some facial hair We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for a beard Hey, good morning, everybody. This is Behind the Beards. We pull the curtain back, take a look behind the scenes, and try to reveal the things that go on in the hearts and minds of your mm. ministry leaders and ministers. Mm. Um, try. In case this is your first time here, try. In case your first time here, I'm Josh Fowler. I'm a preaching minister in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Baton Rouge. And uh, my brother Aaron Partlow is a youth minister in Longview, Texas. And if you're first time here, brother in Christ, not like blood brother. So, just saying. Okay, kind of blood brother. <laughs> kind of, kind, kind of. of that is true. Yeah, um, I take that, dude. It is raining in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Dude, it is raining in Gladewater, Texas. It hasn't rained here in almost sixty days. That wow. is, you guys are needing it. Of. The Mississippi River is lower than it has been in over a hundred years. No way. Whoa. There are a a couple of ships that are now exposed on the bottom of the the river that have haven't been exposed for a hundred years. Whoa! And they're having to unload a lot of the barges because mm -hmm. they are too heavy to make it through the shipping channel. So yeah, um, I can relate. <laughs> and when you think about it, like two years ago, the Mississippi River was less than a foot from going over the top of the levee. And we were actually creating some contingency plans in Baton Rouge. They had all the all the floodgates open down down river, wow. dumping water in the poncha train. And um, yeah, it's it's wild. That is crazy. That's weird that there can be a fluctu a fluctuation of <coughs> water like that. Yeah, raining in Oregon. <coughs> mm. I'll say that's a surprise within the first one since June, huh? So I didn't sleep well at all last night. We have a big old white oak. Uh, we have two, actually, that are dead on the left side of our house, and our, our yawn. They're not leaning towards our house at all. There's no big branches over our house. But they're both dead. They died recently. I don't know if it was because the city had some sort of leak and it was running water underneath the side of our um, yard over there, and it killed all the grass, and those two trees are dead now, too. I don't know what kind of water was running over there or what was running, but it killed everything over there. The grass is now back because they fixed the leak and everything. Um, but we lost a huge, another huge branch off of that tree, like this thick around. And it's sitting out there in the yard because it's rainy and I'm not going to go drag it and cut it up yet. Um, but all I could think about last night was that wind and that rain and that tree come <laughs> crashing down on the house because it's, it's tall. It's it's really tall, um, so I've got to call a tree guy next month, probably November, to see about how much it would cost for it to get cut and hauled away. That's um, that's always fun. We had two trees at a church building that had actually grown. Um, they were planted close together, and as they grew and got bigger, they actually intertwined with one another. Mm. And one of them died, <clears throat> so one was still alive and one was dead. And so you can see like half the tree that was that had you know, like no leaves and no branches and the other half that was thriving. Could you ask for a better um, church metaphor? Right. Like right. In your in your space. Um, 
we ended up just having to take it down because every time it would rain, we would have giant limbs that it was shedding, and there was no way to separate them. So, yeah, we have that going on. So all I could think about was that last night, and so they can do some damage. Those falling limbs, those falling limbs. Well, I don't want Sam out there and and one to fall, you know, and I don't want it to fall on my house. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah, and the big deal that we have to deal with, especially with uh, like hurricane season and stuff, is is usually it's not necessarily the hurricane winds that are the issue, but all of the rains that come before that really get that mm. ground soft. Mm -hmm. The roots just don't have the ability to hold anymore, and so you'll see whole trees and their whole root systems are like just pulled out of the ground. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, man, it's all fun. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, you don't have that kind of rain there in Longview, though. Not That's that true. kind of soaking rain. That's true. We don't. But your dad asked if you're concerned about Lauren having a branch fall on Lauren while she's outside playing. No, she'll move. <laughs> He's quick on her feet like that. Huh? Oh, well, man, we're going to look at uh, learning styles today and how we kind of uh, move and adapt and maybe some of the things we might have missed coming up as missed as and like about. the importance of recognizing um i was thinking about this topic uh earlier this week and i was thinking about like i think i was thinking about like what are some like we were talking about going back to the basics and like you know there's there's a old form of youth ministry i was thinking about this with kids where it was like you know if the kid's not out there involved playing like, is he really experiencing the youth uh, mm -hmm. event? And so I wanted to talk about this today because um, I think sometimes we can have a better understanding today that, like, people can be involved differently and still come away with a meaningful experience, mm -hmm. you know? Sure. Um, so that's, that's kind of that's what I was thinking about uh, a little bit today. So if you're new to ministry or you're a volunteer, sometimes... Sometimes our um, our first step, our first aspect of coming into into uh, that ministry is is you know hey if the kids if all the kids aren't out there playing or if you go to a youth rally and you're like hey get out there and get involved you know why aren't you chasing after the giant volleyball to hit it um, you know we can we can take a second a, guess we can take a yeah. second look at that and and really have a deeper recognition of how do kids learn how do kids have fun how do kids um uh what how how will it be meaningful to them what kind of uh scenario is meaningful to that team so yeah so before we get there what's mm -hmm. your learning style i you know am... the four learning styles <clears throat> i i do it's visual audio kinesthetic and reading and writing just checking to see if you have our notes pulled up or not <laughs> i do you know, always have them pulled up um, sometimes always. they're blank though that's the problem is sometimes they're blank <laughs> I hadn't gotten um, to it yet. Yeah. We're a busy week. That's okay. It has been a busy week. Had a but, had a great Netsis meeting yesterday that took up like almost the whole day. But yeah. it was really good. So do you know um, your learning style? I am a hands on learning style. Uh but I'm also uh but I also lean towards an audio learner as well. So uh I excel in lecture based classes. I uh, so I I struggled in high school. I was a C student in high school, and when I tried in college, uh, I was an easy B plus student. 
just solely based off of lectures. Um, so I, I tended to, I figured out later in my college life what kind of learner I was. And so I leaned towards those teachers who I knew were lecture-based teachers. I excelled in Dr. Baird's classes because Dr. Baird is a lecture-style teacher, you know, and he does ask questions and, and does engage and stuff like that. But um, most of the time it was lecture-based. And so I do well in lecture-based uh, learning. But I if I have to learn how to do something, I'm also like a hands-on learner. So mm -hmm. like building a deck or things like that, I have to learn with my hands. I can't just watch a video sometimes. Yeah, there's a... And, and I think maybe here's the best way for you to kind of determine... You know, what kind of a learner are you? How do you process things? Like, can you read the instructions and then go do it? Mm -hmm. um, can you watch a video and then go do it? Um, do you have to, like, write down the instructions and then go do it? Or do you have to have someone show you step by step and you perform the act? And it's like, oh, okay, I know mm -hmm. how to do that. Um, and it, it, it changes a little bit for me. I think if it's something active... Um, I need if I see you do it, I can go mm -hmm. do it. I don't have to, I don't have to put my hands on it, but I can watch a YouTube video and go, oh yeah, I can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but reading the step by step instructions in like a a, a manual or a you know, it's like no, nah, I'm I'm lost. Right. And I don't know if it comes from some of my my training or my upbringing or if it is some of what we're going to be talking about. Uh, but if it comes to educational type things, um. Reading's no good for me. Writing is is kind of okay. Yeah, I'm that not. A, writing is is off. Writing is writing is, has left the building. It's gone. Like the whole concept of like, I struggle to like take notes. Notes are notes are not helpful to me. Now, if somebody else takes notes and I get to look at them, that's great. But I I I hate taking notes. I hate taking notes during sermons, um, which is something that I've been trying to do for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. How does it affect your teaching style? Like, that's kind of what I've been looking at is, mm. so I know how I learn. Um, and I know the people around me, like Heather has to like write things down. Mm -hmm. um, on her bulletin for church, she will have so many things written down. <laughs> because once she writes it, it's like, kind of it's locked in her mind once she puts it down on paper somewhere. Um, and like, man, that's like really... Uh, I don't want to say foreign because I understand it. <clears throat> it's just not the way my mind works. But how does uh, the, the question for me is how does that affect the way that I teach? Mm -hmm. Because I think our tendency is okay. Well, you know, these are Bible things, and I really learn Bible things in an auditory way. So, you know, I'm, I'm a lecture kind of teacher. Um, I, I think that's the tendency that we have is to kind of get locked in our own. I would argue also that I feel like. Lecture-based teaching is the easiest form of teaching. Oh, 100%. Because it requires you just talking. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean... It's the I, most challenging kind of teaching for you. For me, the most challenging type of teaching uh, is... I'll tell you exactly what it is, because I did it at a retreat one time, and it was very... <coughs> I walked away going... That was the worst experience of my entire life. And I had a couple teens come up to me and go, that was the best class that I'd ever done. But mm 
I had I, I, I did like a mix. So like I taught for three minutes. I had a stopwatch. I taught for three minutes and then I let they they were all sitting around at tables and they had kinesthetic things at the table. And then I asked them questions and they had to answer the questions with the things that they had on the table um as as discussion groups and stuff like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So like they had Play-Doh and they had to like answer the, you know, or do something in their discussion group with the Play-Doh to, to discuss the question or something like that. And like, for me, I was like, this is dumb. Like this is not beneficial or anything. And, uh, to a bunch of my students, they were like, that was, that was really helpful to me. That was really good. I feel, I feel like I got what we were talking about <laughs> and it was kind of, it was at that moment in my in my youth ministry that I decided I need to be actively searching for different methods of teaching so right. that I'm reaching all kids all at different times, you know. Like you always know that like, you know, you know, so, hey, sometimes we're going to play a, a physical game, you know, kind of an idea, but then there's there's uh there's there's other ways and other styles of teaching and other things like that. So um, that that was when I kind of like really committed to trying to be a better youth minister in the sense of, um, and really taking a step back and going like, what is my, what is my ultimate goal as a youth minister? You know, um, and it is to, you know, it's it's to teach Jesus, it's to disciple and teach these teenagers about Jesus. And so I need to be able to be all things to all people, and teach in different styles and and be open to doing things different than just coming in opening up the bible uh you know kind of a thing yeah and and it's not like i have no problem anyone that knows me knows that i have no problem being different right. um i don't have a problem going into like uncharted waters where i'm not certain um like throw me in a new situation and that's kind of where i really thrive mm -hmm. um the issue for me arises is I'm not good at saying, I don't know, mm. let me get back to you. Mm. And when you open up a class for the kind of conversation that really promotes that kind of contributional learning, the level of preparation that you have to do, because you don't know, you don't know where people are coming from. Mm -hmm. You don't know the questions they're going to ask. You can try to anticipate some of them. But there's going to be someone that catches you off guard, either because they're earnestly thinking in a different way than you are, or because there's someone in the class that just prides themselves on being able to do that. Well, and I see think, what kind of a curveball they can throw. In. I think it also takes like a lot more work too. Yeah, for sure. Like it takes a lot more work, a lot of more prep, and a lot more planning to do something outside of your comfort zone. You know, um, most most experienced teachers or ministers, like if you got in a pinch. You could plop open your Bible and you could teach for 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah. You know, lecture based. And, you know, and, which and so, to be honest, yeah. a lot of our volunteers end up having to do. They end up going, well, yeah. just tell me the passage. Right. Don't give me curriculum. Don't give me anything. Just tell me the passage you want me to teach and I'll, and I'll teach it. And sometimes, so for me, like the reason why sometimes curriculum can be really useful volunteers, if you're out there listening in your youth minister or your your education minister or whatever <coughs> or deacon i don't care 
hands you curriculum, it's not because we don't think that you can't teach that passage. It's because those who you are teaching might need you to use the curriculum to help give them a different map or a different idea. Um, you're teaching the same lesson. You're just using a different map. Or maybe um, I, I'm notorious for this. You know, we use D6 on Sunday mornings. And I'll use their opener game because I think their opener games are fun. But their other handouts, I have a hard time using. Um, and it wasn't until recently that I was like, you know, I should really try to utilize some of these because it's a pause in my normal style to do something different that might be a good takeaway or a take home uh, for somebody in that audience. You know, it might be, you know, uh, that writing, a reading and writing learning style. It might be that creative pause that allows them to um, think differently. Yeah. There is a challenge there because mm. um, like there are certain things that I can do and there are certain things that I can't do. Um, and so there's this line that you have to walk as a teacher that recognizes I'm trying something new, but mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the temptation for us a lot of time is to see, oh, man, this teacher is, is really good and powerful. I want to teach like this. And so instead of just trying to take the things that they do well and incorporating in our own style um, <clears throat> and in our own manner we end up just trying to replicate what they've done. Yeah. And so, and so what mm -hmm. we want to do is we want to take those things and bring them in and say, all right, so here is a, a method that works to reach people that I've not been able to reach yet. Mm -hmm. And so how do I make this my own and still honor that style while also mm -hmm. honoring who I am? Because I don't want ever, ever want people to think that I'm trying to be somebody else um, or be like somebody else because it's me that they're, I'm the only one that can, that I that I can give them, right? But I also need to be open to to stretching my own boundaries and and my own experiences and putting myself in a situation that says, you know, I'm not really comfortable in this, but I'm willing to make myself uncomfortable if it's going to give you an opportunity to learn better. Well, and, um, and we also have to know that, like, just like children, just like having kids, and I know this because I have many children. Um, I'm just kidding. I only have one, but um, but. Just because it worked for Johnny <laughs> doesn't mean that it's going to work for Timmy. Yeah. You know, just because, um, just because like, well, I used to teach, you know, uh, I used to teach the fifth and sixth graders back in the eighties all the time. It doesn't mean that it's going to reach Gen Z, yeah, you know, sure. uh, kind of an idea. And so, uh, now on the flip side, on the flip side, sometimes Sometimes that does work. Sometimes these kids are craving like the old monastery board, you know, kind of an idea. Like, yeah. I, to be completely honest, sometimes retro is cool and they like dig it. Getting cooler. And is getting cooler. Um, but like it's good to it's good to be mindful about different ways and different styles and to be a little bit more free uh, in our teaching and to and to take that that deeper step. I don't even know where we are in this anymore. That's okay. We're right We're where we need lost. to be. Um, I don't think so. The flannel I'm, graft, yeah. The flannel graft, for sure. Somewhere along the way, we had this idea that was given to us that at some point you got to grow up. Right. Mm. And um, when you, like, grown-ups, 
Mm-hmm. Grown-ups don't need a theater class. Right. Grown-ups don't need a music class. Grown-ups, grown-ups will learn. They sit down. They sit still. They be quiet, and they take notes. That's what grown-ups do. Right. Um, and I don't know, I don't know where that came from. I don't know if it came from, you know, the business world that this is the appropriate way that you behave in your career and in business, and so we move that over to all forms of learning. I mean, but think about college mm-hmm. and universities. How many university professors do you know that incorporate all the different learning styles? My uh, uh, engineering professor shows up in Engineering 101, and it's a three-hour class, Tuesday morning from 8 to 11, and he begins class with a whole bunch of freshmen saying, good morning, my name is Dr. So-and-so. I'll just let you know right off the bat, it is not my job to keep your attention. It's not my job to make sure you've gotten sleep. It's my job to educate you in all things engineering. If you can't stay awake, get more sleep. Now let's begin. And he spent three hours speaking in that tone. Nice. And I was like, I am toast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm out. I quit. And, and so, but it's like, we have this idea that that's, that's what it means to be a grown up. Sit down, sit still, be quiet, listen. And, um, I'm wondering how do we as a church, so that we can incorporate in our other aspects of our life, how do we teach adults that it's okay to be a different kind of learner? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you, as a, as a preacher, when I, if, if people walk in and they see something extra up there next to the podium and they realize that there's going to be um, like some kind of an object lesson, right? Like the questions I get like beforehand come from a, a section of the church that I don't say they don't listen. They just don't engage sermons the same. Mm-hmm. And so when there's something different like that, they're like, what's this for? What are you doing? You have an object lesson today and you just see them come alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mm-hmm. think we need to, to honor that and, and really find new ways to embrace creative ways of teaching even our adults, because I think we've missed something in, it's not a sign of maturity. Right. Necessarily how you learn. It's just, it's just the nature of who you are. So how do you deal with like this problem, uh, with people disengaging in our class then? Um, and I think that's exactly what Josh is talking about here, uh, in this moment in, in some way, sometimes our adult classes are so boring because they are, we just turn them into this lecture based or we turn it in basically into this, I'm going to say something and then I'm going to ask a question. It's going to be a generic question. And then we're going to read some more scripture. I'm going to ask a couple of things. Then I'm going to, you know, uh, ask another generic life question. You and, know, And it's not boring because the topic's boring. No, it's not boring because I mean, the topic's boring. It's boring because you're, <laughs> it's not because cereal's boring. It's because you eat Cheerios with no honey or, or <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and, and if we recognize the importance and the value of what it is that we're teaching. Yeah. I mean, don't we want to present it in a way that gets the most possible engagement? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but, and I think you have to identify the problem, which you alluded to earlier, and, mm-hmm. and ask the question, is the problem with that person or is the problem with my perception? Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you mm-hmm. started off by talking about that, mm-hmm. that kid that shows up at an event, um, but he stands off to the side. 
He doesn't participate in the icebreakers. Um, she doesn't want to do the goofy little things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'll tell you what goes through my mind is, I got to get that kid engaged. Right? Yeah, they're not engaged. They're not plugged in. They don't right. feel a part of the group. I think about that when I think about that teenager and we're playing like a sporting event or whatever and they're sitting off on the side and they're not engaged. Uh, When people think they're not engaged, right? That's exactly kind of what I'm thinking about in this scenario. You know, we're playing volleyball and they're sitting off the side and they're watching, but they're not like out there physically playing. So you're like, oh, get out here and play. Come on, come on, you can do it. They're like, no, I I I don't want to. Like, it's not my thing. And you're like, no, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And then you force them out there, and then they're like, uh, yeah, I'm not really having fun. Uh, and then they, you know, they go and sit back down. Instead and of see them again, right? And so instead of like calling them out and making them come and play, maybe m- making sure that your youth group knows or that you know to make a special point of if they're not playing or if they're out or if you're taking a water break to go over by that person. And engage mm-hmm. them in the conversation, you know, and engage them in that sense. Go to their space. Go to their. And so uh, we dealt with this like, like a lot, you know, through camp. You, you always encounter this a lot at camp. Always. And when do you force them to play? And when do you like? I'm when sorry. is it being lazy? And when is it, you know? And when is it, um, um, you know, not yeah. their learning style or or not beneficial? I started going up and just kind of sitting down next to him and saying, "Hey, man, what's going on?" Like everything mm-hmm. good? It's like yeah, everything's good. It's like what are you doing? And they'll talk, you know, about what what's going on. It's like you you know you don't want to play or you don't want to be over here. And it's like why don't you want to be a part of that? And you know, and if it's like yeah, I just don't want to. Um, well, if it's yeah, I just don't want to. Then you know maybe that's something that we can get over and be a little uncomfortable with. Um, but there are some people that have a have a real personal emotional. Um, or internal reason for not and maybe they are engaging maybe their form of engaging is by sitting and watching and they're learning about so many other people and, and doing other things and well, sometimes just yeah. the fact that they're there is a big step i think that big um, part of that that ministry gap is is making it's about the relationship and not about the activity always you know and so sitting down and having that conversation and being able to decide whether or not it's it's you know is it you know why why are they not participating? That's more important than just being the guy with the megaphone that says, "Hey, nobody's sitting on the sidelines. Come on, let's get out here, everybody. Yeah, yeah all right. you know, because I'm big and loud and I'm at camp and everything's great. I'm gonna yell at everybody. <laughs> and 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 you need that guy, right? You need that guy. We we were just having an Arnantis meeting, and there was this guy. He was part of the the camp that we rented, and I've never seen anyone hype up seconds more than this guy. <laughs> like, he is the king of announcements for seconds. Uh, so much so that I don't even think we were joking about it, but we were going to make sure that he was there next summer. And if not, like, we would pay him to come out and be at a um, – and just hype up seconds, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe just anything uh, – at uh, at our event because he was just so good at it. But um you know you need that you need that loud guy, but also you need that you need that Jesus who goes and talks to the woman at the well by herself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you need you need 
those moments as well and you need those people as well to build those relationships and maybe as a teacher your job isn't just to go in and be the loud guy who teaches class uh-huh but to also be the guy who looks up from his texts see the face of his crowd and engages in and talks to the class as well and says hey what can what can we do to you know what can i do to engage you better in class yeah and um, and here's where i'm going to challenge our teachers and our leaders do it um that person is never going to tell you what's really mm-hmm. on their mind mm-hmm. um and what they need because it's too vulnerable mm-hmm. i'm um, fine but here is your challenge you see that person that's sitting on the fringe they are not always going to be sitting off on their own um the challenge is now that i've identified that there is someone mm-hmm. that's different than the group mm-hmm. i want to watch that person and i want to find out what is it throughout the rest of this day that makes them go and i'm going to create um, an event create an activity create a game um with the information that i have gleaned from watching them interact with people you know do they are they walking around with a yo-yo how can i make a yo-yo into a game mm-hmm. you know are they walking around always drawing how can i make art into a game mm-hmm. um, or into some kind of activity or in some <clears throat> other form that brings them in I take that back that takes the group to them and gives them a place where they feel confident and secure while being oh. in that group <clears throat> you want to talk about one of the hardest classes i ever i ever taught and it was it was a drawing class it was it was after a conversation that i had with you and you probably don't even remember it um because that's usually how this works how this works yeah we talked about like doing mind maps you remember that i do yeah okay we talked it was in kansas i remember we talked about doing mind maps and i was like oh you know it'd be really cool Let's do like a mind map class because it was back when I had my Surface tablet and I could have uh-huh. the drawing thing. I could I could open up whatever their pages plus yeah. or I don't remember what it was. But anyway, so I was drawing. I put the scripture in the middle. I gave everyone a piece of paper. They put the scripture in the middle. And then I had them like draw things to get us to the next passage and draw things to get us. So as we're teaching this lesson, I'm having them draw and I'm drawing as well in mind mapping like this devotional or this Bible class. Mm -hmm. And it was so fun. And my drawings were so bad. uh, And I was so like, it was so terrible at it. But there were like, again, there were, I had two or three kids who were like, this was so like creative. This was so good for me. And it was just a different way of like teaching. Uh, It was just a topical devotional. But yeah. it was like, hey, we're going to draw to, you know, how does anger affect my social life? How does anger uh, resemble what Christ is calling me to do? How is anger? Because I think I did it with the Seven Deadly Sins um, devotional that I, or a lesson series that I did uh, one time. But I'm it was, it was, I need to get back to it was so maps. hard. Right? Yeah. Get, was, get, 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 do a mind map, people. Do, do a mind map. Map the mind. Map the mind. Map it's, it. It's such a unique way for me to really explore mm-hmm. how something moves in my mind um, and and how I get from one place to another. And it really helps with transitioning mm-hmm. um, from one thing to another because you see kind of the flow. Um, so do it with your uh, do it do it as a class one time. 
It was it was yeah. really interesting and it was really fun and it was fun to look at everyone else's drawings uh, that connected their thoughts and their ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do we do with these folks that seem to be on the fringe? I think number one is let's not consider it a problem. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, let's not no matter- assume that because their engagement doesn't look like our engagement. Let's not assume that that means they're disengaged, um, but actually ask the question of um, how are you engaging this in this moment, even though it might be different. No matter how small you make your circle, there's always going to be people on the outside edge. Yeah. So no matter how much you try, no matter how you change your teaching style, there's always going to be people who are a little bit on the fringe. Right. Like there's just, there's no way, there's no way that you cannot control that, but you can pay attention and you can notice. Yeah. You can it takes effort. Effort. Yeah. And I think we talk about this a lot, you know, but in order to be a good teacher, like a really good Bible class teacher or a really good involved in your church is, is it just, it takes more effort than waking up the morning that you're teaching and reading over your lesson plan. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that can translate into just like, I think devotionally for our lives, it can translate and be better. Um, you know, I always, it's, it reminds me of this one phrase that I hear commonly at communion time. You know, I was thinking about this all week as I was preparing for communion. Sometimes I would be like, liar, <laughs> you got a reminder text last night and you were, and you were thinking last night, what am I going to say at communion tomorrow? I don't know. That's true. That's judgment to love me. I apologize, world. But <laughs> I repent of dust and ashes. <laughs> I repent. Yeah. Um, but maybe let's. But maybe that's like. Maybe that's like a truth that we need to hear. Like we need to spend more time and think about our class more. And maybe that even leads towards like for me that challenges me to like tell my teens and my and my parents like, hey, this is what we're teaching on Sunday. Be praying and think about the scripture and passage. You know. Um, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you, you just think about it more. You just have to put more effort into it. You know, if it's a value, you put effort into it. Um, I'm just trying kind to of think preaching. about, well, I mean, a little bit, but it's true. Um, we wear, look, I mean, we wear, I don't, I don't, and this is the thing. I don't see this as often from, people who aren't in full-time ministry right like most people who aren't in full-time ministry will because it's not their norm they devote a lot more time and energy to making sure everything's right Mm -hmm. somehow as ministers we have figured that it's a badge of honor to say wow man i'm firing this one from the hip (laughs) oh i know gross i hate that like oh and and sometimes you are called on in a pinch to get up and mm-hmm. do something spontaneous and mm-hmm. but I'm not talking about that I'm talking about you know you've had all week or multiple weeks to prepare and mm-hmm. like you're just well you know I've got some stuff I'm pretty confident in my ability I'll just open up sit down and read um, you know that's that's not a it's not a flex mm-hmm. um, and so let's let's get beyond that let's do the work to find those people, to figure out what it is that that engages them. Mm-hmm. And then let's take the group there and let's meet them. 
-hmm. Because the thing is, not only does that person now feel like so much more a part of the group, um, the group that doesn't necessarily learn like this other person or people do, now then they're growing as well because now then they're a little uncomfortable because like, what is this that we're doing? It's like, yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> this is how this person feels all the time. So now we're going to meet them here and, and you're going to grow from that as well. Mm -hmm. um, practically, uh, I think when it comes to like studying, we think of studying of uh, I'm studying for um, the text. I'm reading um, commentaries. I'm looking for all kinds of different things that might illustrate the point. Um, am I willing to devote the same kind of study to what's the best possible way to teach this to a big group of people? Mm -hmm. Am I studying other learning styles? Am I, am I looking at other teachers and their methods and their methodology mm -hmm. and saying, man, this is not me, but how can I take a piece of this and incorporate it in my own, in my own growth? so that I might reach more people. Um, any practical ways that you know of to, to put yourself in a position to, to do something different? Because I'm going to tell you, I remember Terry Kitson talking about doing a narrative type preaching. Mr. And he talked, about, he talked about standing up, dressed up, preaching a sermon as a character in the Bible. And I'm like, that is so cool. I could never do that. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, I remember him doing that a couple times. I think the first summer camp I did with him, he did the the nightly devos. Yes. Were like he that. walks up to the campfire dressed up as Solomon or something. Mm-hmm. Every, every yes. night it was a different character. Um, and I could do that in that, but I'm, I'm just so concerned about turning people off in church right um, and, and i wonder if i'm so concerned about turning people off that i've forgotten that my normal style turns people off <laughs> that's true <laughs> but because it's foreign for me i think it's foreign for everybody right um and and maybe that's the the first step is just getting out of your own head and saying hey it's okay to explore something new and it's okay for people to be uncomfortable it's also uh, like it's also yeah it's good to like explore and to try something new um you know, I, I say, like, look at Pinterest. Yeah. I mean, like, seriously, like, if you're just in a Bible class, sometimes I'll go to Pinterest and I'll type the scripture in and I'll just look and the, sometimes there'll be a video. Sometimes there'll be something that I can, like, add or, or do in my class. I mean, there's there's that part of me. I am not. I, 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 there's some aspects of me that are really creative. Um, and there are some other aspects that are just not creative at all. And so like, honestly, just looking at Pinterest will sometimes spark that creative to be able to do something like that, um, to, uh, try or, or give me a spark to lead towards a new teaching style. And I would say, ask a teacher, mm -hmm. an elementary teacher. Mm -hmm. Go to a kindergarten or first grade teacher and say, what are the things that you do to help your kids grasp a new concept? <clears throat> um, I also, mm -hmm. if, because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. when you put those things on adults, you know, at first mm -hmm. you, you see the skepticism, right? You see the skeptic, they're like, oh, you start singing Jesus loves me and like, oh, cute. It's a, it's a children's song. And it's like, no, Jesus loves me. This I know because the Bible tells me so is a powerful message that you adult need to hear and sing and embrace. Mm. 
and you see the skepticism at first, but as it goes on and you start seeing those walls come down um, and you give them permission to kind of be a kid again mm-hmm. um, and go into those people that do it every day and say, you know what? I'm not good at this. So tell me what you do because I want to incorporate this. Here's your next mini series. Here's your next mini series. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. You take children's songs. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus loves me, this little light of mine. You break them down verse by verse and find your scriptures that support that song. And you do a mind map, like that Josh and I were talking about, with you put the title in the middle, and then you do a line that goes this way with one verse. You do all this pre and you make copies of it. And then you have people draw emblems and symbols that kind of go with those verses. You look up the scriptures. And you talk about each individual one of those points. So, Jesus loves me. Where are all the verses? Talk about all the verses that talk about Jesus loving you. This I know. How do we know that Jesus loves us? So you look at those verses. The Bible tells me so. Where is it in the Bible that that it tells us these? And how can I trust the Bible? And you keep going through all of these verses. And you find uh, the biblical evidence for these verses. uh, And then you draw the mind map of that children's song. And then at the end, you sing that song by looking at your your mind map that's in front of you. You've engaged your audio, your audio learners who enjoy singing. You've engaged those who like reading and writing because they're looking and searching mm-hmm. and reading in your Bible. You engage those um, uh, you know, who have to do something with their hands. Uh, and you engage those who are extremely inquisitive as well and enjoy sometimes a lecture-based class because you're searching and you're looking and you're looking for context clues and things like that. Yeah. Man, that sounds like a really cool, like, hey, we're going to do four children's songs, and we're going to do four Wednesday nights, um, and this is what we're going to do. And we're going to break these down. And then next time you sing Jesus Loves Me to dismiss the kids for children's church, you're going to be like, man, there is a lot children's more meat to that song than I think. You know? Um, yeah, Absolutely. There really is. So there you are. That's um, that's a freebie from from the mind of Aaron Partlow. That's your behind the beards moment. That's my. That's uh, a free Wednesday. A free Wednesday series. Free Wednesday series, right there. Mind mapping our children's songs. No, I think our behind the beards moment is is just this that <laughs> no, um, it takes work. Yeah, and we have to be willing to do the work. Um, but I want. I also want people to understand. Um, sometimes we need help being reminded that there are other ways. Sometimes we need to be given permission to explore new ways of teaching because you might have a minister or teacher that wants to do something different, but is concerned um, about um, pushing more people away. Mm -hmm. and, And sometimes we need somebody to come up and say, Hey, you know what? If, have you ever thought about doing something a little different with our class? Like, mm-hmm. or I would really appreciate it if we did this or this or this. Um, if there's somebody you could incorporate that, that would that would be awesome, and that would really help me out. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we kind of just need that permission mm-hmm. to explore new avenues, especially with adults. Um, with kids, um, it's let's stop assigning what it means to engage for everyone. Mm-hmm. That's all, um, oh, man. And there it is, right there. And let's. Uh, that was good. Let's just 
let's just learn who people are That's right. and what it means for them to engage. And let's stop assuming that what it means for me to engage means is what it means for you to engage. Yeah. That's great, man. We appreciate y'all being here today. We want to remind you of Galatians six, nine, don't grow weary in doing good. Um, man, teaching Bible class is a good thing and don't grow weary in doing that. We're not coming here to teach and to yell at you and tell you you're doing a bad job. We want to uh, strengthen you and give you the tools to be able to do an even better job, to engage more people, uh, to right. teach God's word more freely and easier, um, and to engage more people, to make disciples in Jesus' name. So this world is messy, this life is messy, so allow Christ to use you to do something different, do something good in his name. Uh, I'm Aaron, that's Josh, and we will see you next week on Behind the Beards. I'm behind the Beards. Till we're all growing a beard A man's face should never be bare We just want some facial hair We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for a beard It's a perfect Disney show uh, set up, in the huh? setup Till we're all growing a beard Man's face should never be bare We just want some facial hair We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for beards Thank you, morning, everybody. This is Behind the Beards. We pull the curtain back, take a look behind the scenes, and try to reveal the things that go on in the hearts and minds.